Hello everyone, Pastor Kurt here. So on Sunday, I preached on several passages in Scripture. I preached on Psalm 23, verse 1, Philippians 4, 10 through 19, and Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And in this sermon, uh, we started a new sermon series based on Psalm 23 called The Lord Our Shepherd. And in my first uh, sermon of this series, I talked about the difference between needs and wants and how to be content um, in life with what we have rather than always seeking to be um, finding our fulfillment in other things. And so this sermon was recorded on Sunday, February 18th, 2024. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. A reading from Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And from Philippians 4, verses 10 through 19. I was very glad in the Lord because now at last you have shown concern for me again. Of course, you were always concerned but had no way to show it. I'm not saying this because I need anything, for I have learned how to be content in any circumstance. I know the experience of being in need and of having more than enough. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether full or hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor. I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength, Still you have done well to share my distress. You Philippians know from the time of my first mission work in Macedonia how no church shared in supporting my ministry except you. You sent contributions repeatedly to take care of my needs, even while I was in Thessalonica. I am not hoping for a gift, but I am hoping for a profit that accumulates in your account. I now have plenty, and it is more than enough. I am full to overflowing because I received the gifts that you sent from Epaphroditus. Those gifts gave off a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice that pleases God. My God will meet your every need out of his riches in the glory that is found in Christ Jesus. Our gospel reading today is from Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life and what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more, much more than they are? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work and they don't spend cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The word of the Lord. All right. Thank you, Nikki. So um, last Wednesday, we began a, the season of Lent. Um, Lent is a season of repentance, a season of preparation for Easter. Um, it's a time of year when we reevaluate our faith, we take a step back, we regain some perspective, and we seek to recommit ourselves to following in the footsteps of Christ. And so all through Lent, we're going to be doing these things by looking at Psalm 23 in a worship series that we're calling The Lord, Our Shepherd. Each week, we're going to look at a different part of Psalm 23 and explore um, what it might have to say about God, about ourselves, and about our relationship with God through Christ. And so we begin today with uh, the very first verse in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So um, I've been doing a little bit of uh, cleaning out of my, uh, in, in, in the parsonage, and uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do throughout this Lent is kind of uh, uh, just reevaluate and take stock of everything in my life. And so I've been cleaning out some stuff, kind of getting a head start on, uh, uh, on the spring cleaning, even though it's not spring, but we are supposed to have some spring-like weather this week. And so I brought some show-and-tell items for you, and maybe you can kind of tell me what some of them might be. Uh, so here's this first item. I'm sure you might be able to guess what this is. That's a strainer. Um, I don't know, remember why I bought this. I think I thought that uh, it would make pouring out uh, the water for my spaghetti a bit easier. Um, although I've used it like once and uh, it just sits in my drawers. So I don't know why I have that. So um, here's a couple other little things. Um, look, most of you know I like to go out hiking and stuff. I don't know if you can kind of guess. You might have seen some, maybe you even have one of these in your, in your house. I love the outdoors. I love hiking, but I hate ticks. I hate ticks. So these were, are supposed to be nifty little devices that help you remove ticks from your skin. I've never used one. I've never used it. So this one here has got, uh, got a little measuring device on it. I guess you can measure how big the tick is. I don't know. And then it's supposed to help you pull it out of your skin. This one even has a handy little, little flashlight in there so you can better see to get the tick out of your skin. Never used them, but I have on my bottom for some reason. Here's another one. Maybe you can kind of guess what this might be. This is a, uh, a headlamp that you can attach to the brim of your cap. But I never, I don't wear caps except for Saturday morning for CCC men's group. So I don't know why I have that anymore either. Um, here's something else too. Um, this is a sport, I guess, with, um, with, with uh, some tools in here where you can actually, uh, um, I guess, uh, remove some bolts and stuff. I don't know why you want to remove bolts while you're eating dinner, but um, again, this one, I, I don't know. Never used it. All right, some of you might know what this is too. Anybody know what this is? It's a pasta maker. It's a pasta maker. So I had this great idea that I was going to make my own pasta, or making my own pasta. I, I really love the idea of, of making your own food from scratch. And so I've started doing a lot, about, a lot of that. I was just telling B today that I made some homemade bread this week. But uh, have you ever tried to make homemade noodles? 
it is not as easy as the videos on YouTube make it look. And so I used this once, and I clogged it up with dough, and, um, and I don't know. I, I guess uh, I'm going to have to try harder, or I don't know, something, but um, all of these items are supposed to make our lives much easier, um, but uh, it, it isn't always the case. You've probably all seen um, those commercials, right, on, on TV, the, the As Seen on TV. Maybe you've walked by the As Seen on TV aisle at Walmart. Um, if you type in As Seen on TV on, in Amazon, they bring up this whole, this whole store for As Seen on TV stuff. All of these items are, are supposed to help make our lives easier. And maybe you've seen some of these things. There's the baseboard buddy, the baseboard buddy. It's a specially designed mop slash uh, broom that's supposed to help making cleaning your baseboards easier. I don't know. Um, or maybe um, you've seen uh, the device called the drop stop, the drop stop. This was actually on uh, this TV show um, Shark Tank. And this is a device that you can put between your seat in your car and the, and the console so that you quit dropping your phone between the seat. How many of you dropped your phone between the seat? And so there's some, there's some other gadgets on there to help make organizing your car experience much better. Or maybe you've seen the Ruby Monkey Magnets. Ruby Monkey Magnets. Say that three times real fast. Ruby Monkey Magnets. These are, are little tiny magnets that are supposed to be easy to apply to drawers and doors to help keep them closed so that they don't open on their own. I don't know, maybe we need to put our drawers and stuff more level and then they won't open on their own. I don't know, but, um, but, but these things are supposed to, of course, make our lives easier. Along with the fun names, they all seem to offer you the entire world at a bargain basement price. You might remember last year I talked about this wonderful goat's milk foot cream uh, that uh, they claim will just make your feet smooth as silk. And one of you... Uh, one of you uh, got me some foot cream for Christmas one year, some of that goat's milk foot cream. And uh, it's pretty nice. It smells a little funky, but it's, it's pretty nice. And uh, you might even remember some of those old commercials from the 80s and 90s, like this one. Let's watch. And ladies with thinning hair or bald spot, GLH solves the problem instantly. GLH is not a paint or a cover-up. It's an amazing powder that clings to the tiniest hairs on your head. It actually builds on itself, leaving you with great, great-looking hair. And the GLH hair system is not expensive. Wow. <laughs> It's incredible. This is the first time I've ever used this product. I saw it on the uh, infomercials, and I was skeptical at first, uh, but uh, it, it works. I'll tell you what, I can't believe it. You know, I've seen the commercial, and I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And it really looks great. My wife's got herself a new guy now, and I'll tell you, I'm really impressed. That's incredible. I don't need to ask for being involved. I'm a young man. No more days left me call old man, but the babes are back. I will definitely, as a man, have one or one year supply of this. And GLH is not just for men. Unbelievable. Wow. I never dreamed that I'd look like this. Applying GLH to yourself is so easy. Just spray on while holding a small hand mirror in front with a larger mirror behind you. Then brush after using the finishing shield and you're done. And with GLH, there's no problem with rain or when working out. It's a phenomenal product. I highly recommend it. The club saved a lot of money. Yeah, 
es muy bueno y es increíble. Oh, I started using GLH about four months ago after my father told me I'd never grow any more hair. <laughs> hey, man, look at me now. <laughs> A full head of hair. <laughs> Order GLH now for only $39.92 and get the $15. <laughs> I don't know, uh, bud. I don't know if you've ever had anybody come in. Have you tried to cut that stuff? I don't know. Maybe that'll put, put us out of business a little bit. Uh, but these are all meant to make life easier, to make life more convenient. Uh, and some of them aren't too bad, but most often than not, they are cheaply made and end up being placed in the aptly named junk drawer of our homes. And so all of this stuff makes me really think about the things that we accumulate, the things that we, that we think we want, that the commercials like that tell us that we want, and the things that we actually need. In Psalm 23, it says, I shall not want, I shall not want. And it makes me think about those things that we want and the things that we need. This phrase in the familiar King James Version, I shall not want, is actually best translated as I lack nothing. The New Life Version translates this to, I will have everything that I need. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, tells us not to worry about our life and, and about the food and our clothes or those types of things. Because the Lord knows what we need. Chapter 6, verse 6 says, Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seeds or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? So our scriptures seem to tell us that God provides the things that we need. We don't need all these other things. But when I think of God's provision for our lives, I can't help but question what exactly God does provide for us and what are the ways that God provides for us. Each of us have likely experienced times in our life when we did want, when we found ourselves wanting, times in our lives where maybe we didn't always have the food, the money we needed to get the food on our tables or the lights on in the house. I mean, just look at the world around us. There are so many people who have very little, if not nothing, altogether. Many are homeless. Many are starving. Many are, find themselves in war-torn areas with nothing to eat. And yet in our scriptures, we see example after example in the Old and, and in the New Testament of God providing for the basic needs of all who follow him. I think of Joseph in, uh, the, in, uh, in Genesis, uh, Joseph, who uh, got sold into slavery by his brothers, and, and he ends up interpreting a dream for Pharaoh, and, and Joseph then is put in charge while uh, they have seven years of abundance, which he gets them to put all that into grain, and then uh, so that they have everything that they need for the seven years of famine. And so God provides uh, for them in this instance. Or I think about the, um, Moses and the Israelites' Um, after that, traveling through the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and God provides for them, or 40 years, and, and, uh, and God provides for them manna in the wilderness, right? Or, or think of Jesus uh, providing food for the 5,000 as they had gathered to hear him speak God's word. And so we see all of these examples of God, the good shepherd, providing for our needs and if God does this, then how do we make sense of all the people in the world who are starving, who don't have their needs met, who find themselves wanting, 
when the good shepherd says, I shall not want. Well, I think there are a couple different ways of looking at this. The first is that we tend to have a skewed understanding of what our needs and our wants actually are, mostly due to money-hungry corporations trying to sell us spray-on hair. Things that we don't actually need, but things are in the name of profit. We've come to expect a certain level of, of convenience, a certain lifestyle in this world, based on the so-called American dream. And many of us have, myself included, have been under the impression that in order to be successful, in order to not want, we must have uh, you know, that 2,000 plus square foot home. These days, I think that 2,000 square feet is on the low side anymore. I think most people expect more than that. And the two-car garage or the three-car garage or, or the $300,000 garage that I heard about in men's group this last week from somebody up in, uh, in South Dakota. $300,000 for a garage. We come to expect these things. And if we don't have them, then we somehow are poor, that we are, that we are wanting And so we spend more money than we have to attain these things, and so we are so full of debt that we actually are poor, that we actually can't afford to put food on our tables because we owe too much money. I think another way of looking at this problem is is recognizing that God already has provided everything that we need. God has provided all that we need through creation itself. God has made the plants of the fields and the animals for our food, for our shelter, for our clothing, but we haven't always done a really good job in managing and being stewards of what God has has given to us. We've become so distanced from the land in the name of convenience that there are some people who don't even know where their food comes from. They think it comes from, from Safeway or Albertsons or wherever the case is. If you were to really think about it for a good moment, There are a lot of things that um, we don't need, or that we don't need, right? There are a lot of things that we think that we need, but we don't. We've we've had washers and dryers and dishwashers and automobiles and TVs and radios and and toasters and electricity for around 100 years, give or take, depending on the technology. I mean, just think about that. In less than 100 years, just... Not even 100 years ago, we didn't have airplanes. And in this last 100 years, we've landed people on the moon. And we have such amazing technology in just a short period of time. And I've had conversations with some of you who remember a time when you lived out on the farm or the ranch and you didn't have any electricity or you didn't have any plumbing, where you actually had to really live off the land in many ways. I remember my, uh, my dad's sister's. All, all of her sisters, they grew up on uh, a, a ranch in North Dakota. And, uh, and they're still alive. Several, most of them are still alive today. And I remember as a kid them telling me stories of what it was like living on the farm when they didn't have electricity. They didn't have running water. They had to go out to the well in order to get water so that they could wash their clothes and do the dishes and, and, uh, and take a bath, Right? I remember one of the things that really stuck with me was North Dakota. You know, North Dakota's kind of cold. They've got winter, you know, pretty hard winters. And, and they'd say, you know, imagine what it was like having to get up in, in, in the middle of the night or early in the morning um, and having to go out to the outhouse, you know, um, to go to the restroom in the snow. 
because we didn't have running water in the house. And that wasn't that long ago, right? We've got kind of accustomed to a certain way of living, but most of humanity has lived thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years without the things that we come to depend on in this world. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not seeking to romanticize the days gone by when we were closer to the land, right? I mean, I certainly don't want to give up some of my modern conveniences. I hate to do dishes, and so I love my dishwasher, and, uh, and I love my air conditioner, too. I have a feeling this summer is going to be pretty warm uh, with the week that we have coming up. But I do think there is value in gaining a little bit of perspective on what God provides and doesn't provide. I think there's value with reconnecting to the land a little bit more and remembering that life does not consist in the abundance of our possessions. I mean, I would much rather eat a slice of good homemade bread than the more convenient but highly processed slice of store-bought bread. It just tastes much better. So in these ways, I do believe God provides for our needs, right? God has provided everything that we need. But God doesn't always provide in the ways that we might want God to or might expect God to. But as I continue to reflect on Psalm 23 and the scriptures as a whole, I don't believe God's providence is entirely focused on our, on our physical um, material needs, food and clothes and all those types of things. In fact, I think that's only a small portion of what God actually provides for us. After all, God has already provided for our basic needs in creation. No, I think the thing that God provides more for us than anything else is what Paul talks about in our reading today to the Philippian church. In our reading from Philippians chapter 4 today, Paul is giving thanks to the support that he has received from the church in Philippi for those who have supported his ministry that allowed him to go share the gospel from place to place. And in his letter, he talks about how he has experienced a lot of different things in his life. He's experienced good times, abundant times, but also lean times, times when things weren't going so well for him. And um, which I think is a reminder to us that God never promises that, we'll have, uh, that we will never experience um, lean times. God never promises us that, right? I mean, after all, Paul experienced lean times as well. Paul experienced a lot of pain and suffering in his life. He was arrested, he was beaten, all for the sake of the gospel and thrown into prison. He experienced all sorts of things in his life. But in all of those times, whether in need or having plenty, he was able to be content with his life, he tells us in his letter. Why? Why on earth would anybody be content in some of the miseries that he has faced? Well, we have the answer in chapter 4, verse 13, one of my favorite passages in Scripture, the one that I try to lean on myself. He says, I can endure all things through the power of the one who gives me strength. Paul has learned to be content in any situation because he has learned to depend not on the material things of this world, but on his relationship with God, on his relationship with his brothers and sisters in the faith, 
He has changed his perspective from the things that the world values to the things that God values. And because his life does not depend on his possessions, he has trust that God is always with him. He knows he will be good because God has never abandoned him and he's always been given strength to get through any situation. He's learned this through experience and the constantly transforming life that God has offered him. And this is the same message that Jesus is trying to teach on the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 6, verses 33 through 34, when he says, Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, that doesn't mean that we'll never, that we'll, that we'll quit worrying altogether. We, we are worrying people, but Jesus is trying to help us get a little bit of perspective. And it's not about the things of this world. Those aren't the things that matter. What's important are the relationships that we make with God and with one another. For those are the things that stay consistent. Those are the things that last, not the things that this world says are important, like spray-on hair or these little magnets that you put on your drawers or around all these things that I've shown you today, too. They make might make life more convenient, but they don't matter in the end, right? It's our relationships with one another. As I've thought about my life, um, you know, I, I, I've only really, what I would say, I, was, I would call myself a Christian for the last 16, 17 years or so. And in that time, as I reflect back over my life, I've experienced what Paul has experienced. Not, I've not been arrested or beaten or any of those things, but I've experienced what it's like to have lean times and, and good times. And, and I've come to the same realization that he has, that, you know what, all that other stuff doesn't matter. What the things that matter is my relationship with God, relationship with my family, relationship with you. These are the things that sustain us in life. These are the things that give us strength and hope for the future. Because this thing... It's going to be in the trash when I get home, unless one of you wants it. I mean, if you, if you think you want it, you can have it. Those don't last, right? The Lord has been my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I want for nothing because I know that through experience that the Lord will get me through anything that this life can throw at me because God has. I have all that I need in God, in my kids, and in my spouse, and in my church family. I don't need anything else. So we're going to be closing um, our each message throughout Lent by reciting Psalm 23 together. And uh, we'll have it up on the screen here shortly. And each week we're going to look at Psalm 23 um, in a different translation, uh, because I think it's it's interesting to see how different translators interpret the words that they are translating from the original Hebrew into English. And so today, though, we are going to recite Psalm 23 together in the familiar King James Version. And so let us join together in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And my hope and my prayer is that you were able to hear a word from God for your life today through this message. Um, if you have any questions or suggestions or would like to share with me some of your own thoughts about today's message, I would love to hear from you. And you can send that to the show email address at admin at So may you go forth today in peace, shine the light of Christ everywhere you go. Until next time, have a blessed day. Bye.